What's up, YouTube family? Welcome to the Link Up Church online experience. We're so glad you've chosen to tune in. Before we jump into today's video, we wanna remind you that this channel isn't just for adults. We have content for babies in the Little Linkland section, kids in the Linked Up Kids section, and relevant services for your teenagers from the plug. So grab the whole family because we're about to get started. Be sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss a video from us. And don't forget to share this video with someone who needs to hear an encouraging message. Let's jump in. I want to read our text today and then we'll pray. Isaiah chapter 58 verses 1 through 12. I'll read our text, then I'll pray, and then I'll give the title. Isaiah chapter 58, beginning at verse 1, from the Passion Translation says, Shout it loud and clear. Don't hold back. Let your voice be like a trumpet's blast. Declare to my people their rebellion and to Jacob's tribe their sin. Yes, daily they seem to seek me, pretending that they delight to know my ways, as though they were a nation that does what is right and had not rejected the law of their God. They asked me to show them the right way, acting as though they are eager to be close to me. They say, what is this that when we fasted you didn't, did not see it? We starved ourselves and you didn't seem to notice. Because on the day you fasted, you were seeking only your own desires. And you continue to exploit your workers. The praise and worship team, really, I don't even know if they understand yes. how accurate they were in terms yes. of the spirit today. Verse 5, do you think I'm impressed with that kind of fast? Is it just a day to starve your bodies, make others think you're humble, and lie down in sackcloth and ashes? Do you call that a fast? Do you think I, Yahweh, Yahweh is the Hebrew name for God. It means self-existent, the eternal one. Do you think that I will be pleased with that? This is the kind of fast I desire. Remove the heavy chains of oppression off of somebody else's life. Stop exploiting your workers. Set free the crushed and mistreated. Break off every yoke of bondage. Share your food with the hungry. Provide for the homeless and bring them into your home. Clothe the naked. Don't turn your back on your own flesh and blood. Then my favor will bathe you in sunlight until you, you are like the dawn bursting through a dark night. And then suddenly your healing will manifest. You will see your righteousness march out before you, and the glory of Yahweh will protect you from all harm, including COVID. <clears throat> then Yahweh will answer you when you pray. Notice there's a whole lot he expects from us before we pray. It says, then Yahweh will hear from you when you pray. Then Yahweh will hear from you when you pray. Then Yahweh will hear from you when you pray. Then Yahweh will hear from you when you pray. When you cry out for help, he will say, I am here. If you banish every form of oppression, 
the scornful accusations, and the vicious slander. And if you offer yourselves in compassion for the hungry and relieve those in misery, then your dawning light will rise in the darkness and your gloom will turn into noonday splendor. Mm. Yahweh will always guide you where to go and what to do. I don't know about you, but I'll take that one right there all by itself. He'll always guide you where to go and what to do. He will fill you with refreshment even when you are in a dry, difficult place. He will continually restore strength to you so you will flourish like a well-watered garden and like an even-flowing, trustworthy spring of blessing. Your people will rebuild long-deserted ruins, building anew on foundations laid long before you, you will be known as repairers of cities and restorers of communities. Amen. Receive that. Man, I receive that, folks. God has called Linked Up Church to repair cities and to restore communities. Amen. Are you all ready? 2021 is getting ready to be one of, if not the best years of your life. Amen. 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 All you've got to do is approach it the right way. Seek God's face and not his hand. And we're setting ourselves up for 21 days to seek the face of God. And so, Father, we pray right now that you would just illuminate our hearts. Give us a deeper understanding and a desire to want more of you, Father. Help us, Father, to not want things and pursue things, but just to pursue what it is that you desire for our lives. And so, Father, we have decreased simply because you have increased. Let us see more of you, Father, in the Word. See more of you in our lives. See more of you in our homes. Have your way today, Holy Spirit. Lead, guide, direct, instruct, reprove, rebuke, announce, reveal, Show us things to come. And, Father, at the end of this service, we'll give you all the glory for all the good that will come out of it. In Jesus' name, and everyone that agrees with that prayer said, Amen. Amen. We want to talk about for the next two weeks the subject of hunger. And, of course, we're talking about prayer and fasting. Hunger, by definition, means a strong or compelling desire or craving. Has anyone ever been hungry before? I mean, no, nah, I'm not talking about, I mean hungry, not fake hungry. I'm, I'm talking about you haven't eaten in a while. Anybody ever been there before? I, I mean, it's been like hours have gone by. No, the kind of hungry where you lost weight, hungry. Not if you, you missed a meal. Think about your pursuit of food when you're really hungry. I don't know about you all, but growing up, I didn't grow up with much. And for whatever reason, I would be so hungry, I would keep going back to the refrigerator every five minutes as though something may have appeared in there that I didn't see prior to that. But I had such a desire for something to eat, such a craving, how I many you know I kept pursuing it until that craving was, was fed. Some people have that for food. Some people have that for power. I played for a coach many years ago, and I never forgot the quote. And he said, Joel, the proof of desire is in your pursuit. 
you're demonstrating how much you want something by how willing you are to pursue it. And so the desire is manifested in the pursuit. How I many of you want more of God? The proof of that will be in your desire to go after more of God. Yes. It won't be because you say it. It won't be because you attend church. It'll be demonstrated in your daily pursuit of wanting more of God in your life. Now, the biblical fast, as Isaiah puts it in the introduction, is a way to be more devoted to God, not to get God to get you a new job. It is a way to refrain from your own resources so that we can share them with others. Folks, we're going to bless more people over those 21 days than we ever have in the history of Linked Up Church. I need a little better amen. And I'm not talking about blessing the blessed. I'm talking about feeding the homeless, feeding the poor, clothing the poor. We're going to find ways and opportunities to take what we would have eaten during that 21-day fast and give it to other people who are in need of it. That's right. That's right. It is God's way to refrain from our own resources so that we can share them with others. As we look at the text Let's break it down into four divisions. You'll see in Isaiah chapter 58, there are four divisions of that text. The first division is God's command, verse 1. The second division is God's accusation in, in verses 2 through 5. The third division is God's instruction in verse 6 and 7. The fourth division is God's promises in verses 8 through 12. Let's look at God's command, number one. In verse number one from Isaiah 58:1, it says, Shout it loud and clear. Don't hold back. Let your voice be like a trumpet blast. Declare to my people their rebellion and to Jacob's tribe their sin. Mm. It's interesting that long before he started talking about how to fast, how I many know he addressed sin? Folks, I want you to prepare yourself for this fast by thinking about areas of your life, and we all have them, that you know are not pleasing to God. Mm. Knew I wouldn't get a whole lot of amens on that. But how I many know when we address those areas, then we are really preparing our hearts to fast. And he says, shout it loud and don't hold back. I think I need to make a little disclaimer to Please. set the people up. Please. You know, how many people have ever gardened before, planted a plant? You know that when you plant a seed or when you transplant a plant, you have to break up that ground. That's and good. so when you break up that ground, you have to disturb it. You have to aggravate it. You have to mix it up. You have to pierce it. You have to shovel it. You got to break up that ground so that the soil is neutralized and conducive to receiving. Whenever I have a counseling session or series, I, one of my disclaimers is that we don't shoot from the hip, we don't dance well. We believe the Word of God, we're passionate about your victory, and we believe that that victory comes from the Word of God. And the Word of God is filled with truth. And I tell people all the time, my husband and I, we don't dance very well. In other words, we don't dance around bushes, trees, daisies or grass so I will say now we apologize in advance if we hurt your feelings but if truth hurts your feelings 
so be it. Because our desire is to see you win. Our desire is to see you victorious. Our desire is to see you walk in the purpose beyond the pain. To walk in the testimony beyond the test. To walk in the victory beyond the victimization. That's our desire, but it's, it requires surgery. So we're going to spend this next, this, this season breaking up fellow ground first, and then we'll build you up. Amen? Amen. Just Listen, wanted to set you up. I can't speak for anybody else in this room, but I know there are areas of my life that stink in God's nostrils. And God does not want me to bring that part of who I am into 2021. Most people aren't willing to admit that, but we all have areas we need to work on. Oh, Lord Jesus. I said we all have areas of our lives we need to work on. And all God is saying is prepare yourself for the fast by identifying those and be willing to address those as we go into this. In fact, he says shout it loud and shout it loud and clear. Sin separates us from God. And to be separated from God, how many of y'all know that's a fearful thing? Notice how I worded that. Sin doesn't separate God from us. Sin separates us from God. God promised he'd never leave us nor forsake us. But I mean, when we willfully practice sin, then we remove ourselves from the presence of God. Let's look at 1 John chapter 3, verses 8 and 9 out of the Amplified. Let's be clear now. We're talking about practicing sin. We're not talking about someone that made a mistake. We're talking about areas of our life where we've just settled in, and you know what? This is just a part of who I am. And we know it's sin. Mm. 1 John 3, 8, 9. How many of you know slipping up and having sex is one thing? Living with someone and having sex all the time is something completely different. I need a little better amen in here. How I many you know slipping up and cussing is one thing, but cussing every day is something completely different? Oh, y'all like, boy, y'all should have stayed on vacation. Where is Minister Carol at when we need her, right? But, but how I many you know it's a difference between slipping up and practicing something? God is after the areas that we're practicing. I would say anything that you do on a daily, weekly basis, you're practicing it. 1 John 3, 8, 9 says, amplify, the one who practices sin, separating himself from God, notice not God separating himself from him or her, and offending him by acts of disobedience, indifference, or rebellion is of the devil and takes his inner character and moral values from him and not God. For the devil has sinned and violated God's law from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Listen very clearly. No one who is born of God deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practices sin. Why? Because God's seed, the Word of God, His principles of life, the essence of His righteous character remains permanently, permanently in Him who is born again, who is reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for His purpose. And he who is born again cannot habitually live a life characterized by sin. 
And will all the true born-again believers shout amen right there? Amen. Come on, if you're a true born-again believer online, type in amen. I am a born-again believer. I mean, no, a true born-again believer cannot habitually on purpose practice sin. It bothers you. It convicts you. Hello, somebody. You want to work at that. You want to get that out of your life. You repent from it. Amen. Says a life characterized by sin because he or she is born of God and longs to please him. This is the whole reason, folks, that Isaiah is commanded to cry aloud and not hold back. And he's commanded by God to do this. God's people are trying to fast and do all of these acts of piety and religion. They're not trying to do it for God. They're trying to do it for themselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, that is the wrong way to fast when you want something more than you want God. I'm fasting for a new house. No, fast for God. Fast to get your life right with God. Fast to get sin out of your life. Fast to stop being rebellious. I mean, all the rest of that stuff has already been provided. So God is, is, is after something deeper. He's after something better. God wants you. He doesn't want you to want him for what he can do for you. He wants you to want him because you love him. They're giving away things for an evil ego boost in return. Folks, we're going to give away a lot of stuff, but there'll be no photos, no Instagram, no Facebook, no nothing, because we don't want an ego boost. We don't want credit for it. We just want to be a blessing to people and let God get all the glory. There'll be no cameras around. Hello, somebody. God has dealt with me. Sometimes when we give our alms and we're, we're helping people that are less fortunate than us, it is not about us. It is about the people that God has called us to help. It's not about an Instagram post, a Facebook post, a Twitter post, or some kind of social media campaign. A lot of times that's for show and for ego boost. I'm not judging anyone else, but I'm telling you folks, the stuff that you do in secret, is what matters to God. Is what matters to God. And God said, when you do it in secret, I'll reward it openly. Glory to God. So they're esteeming their lives and their egos of more worth or value than the people they're supposed to be helping. See, when we make it about a photo and not about the people that God's called us to help. They're supposing, uh, as a result, God doesn't hear them. See, God pays attention to all of that. It's not as if God is not, has a hearing problem. It's not as if God actually can't hear what's going on. But God refuses to entertain the prayers of those who refuse to repent. Mm. So, folks, if we have areas of our lives that we know are not right, the way you prepare yourself for the fast is you say, God, I am putting this on the altar for 21 days. I'm putting uh, whatever, lust, I'm putting cussing, I'm putting lying, I'm putting pornography, I'm putting him, I'm putting her, I'm putting food. And, you know, all too often, you know, a lot of times when we see our relationships, our progress and things coming to a standstill, 
whether it's with your spouse, your children, whatever is going on in life, when you find it coming to a standstill and it seems like that it's just not progressing, oftentimes because we haven't purged to make room for new life. We haven't removed that thing. So it doesn't have to just be pornography and whatever, all those things that Pastor Gregory just named, but it could be selfishness. It could be self-centeredness. It could be control issues. It could be uh, self-absorbed insecurities, low self-esteem. See, do you think God wants us fasting in prayer, praying, and we're not even speaking to people who live in the same house as us? Which leads me to my next question. Does how we treat others affect our prayer life? Mm. Does how we treat others affect our prayer life? Let's look at two examples, and I'm going to turn it right over to you, babe. Letter A. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5. I'll read verses 23 and 24 out of the Message Bible. God is very concerned about how we treat other people because he said, the world will know that we are his disciples by the love that we have one towards another. Matthew 25, 23, and 24 says, This is how I want you to conduct yourself in these matters. If you enter your place of worship, and you're about to make an offering, you suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you. Abandon your offering. Leave it immediately. Go to this friend and make things right. Watch this. Then and only then come back and work things out with God. Isn't that interesting that he wants us to work stuff out with each other? He said, pause on the offering. Pause on that. Keep that offering. Folks, let's use this 21 days to rebuild relationships. Oh, I wish I could have got a better amen than that. And sometimes it's with the people that live right in the same house as we do. Let's look at another one, letter B. You think God is not, how many of y'all are married out there? Raise your hand if you're married. You think God is not watching how you treat your spouse? And he's watching more when the two of you aren't together than when you actually are together. No amens again. Online, raise your hand if you're married. God is paying attention to how you treat your spouse. And he's paying more attention when the two of you aren't together than when you are together. Husbands, pay very close attention. Look at 1 Peter 3, 7 from the Message Bible. The same goes for you husbands. Be good husbands to your wives. Honor them. Delight in them. As women, they lack some of your advantages. But in the new life of God's grace, you're equals. In the new life. Of God's grace. You like that part, huh? They're equals. They're equals. In the new life. Say it again. Of God's grace. He said you're equals. Say it so the people on the, in the back. In the new life of God's grace, he says you're equals. So the result then, husbands, treat your wives then as equals. So your prayers don't get run aground. Mm. Run aground means hindered or cut off. So notice, God won't even listen to a husband who's treating his wife not as his equal. He said heaven is cut off and hindered. Your prayers are hindered when we don't treat our spouses right. 
I need a little stronger amen from the husbands in here right now. Can I get a little bit of amen online from the husbands? Let me hear your roar in your home. Amen. <laughs> God isn't going to entertain the prayers of people who think they're going to get some kind of pat on the head for being good little boys and girls. Listen to this, folks. Instead, God brings an accusation against them. Now, today is heavy. Next week, we're going to get into all the good stuff. Mm -hmm. But all of this is before you get ready to fast. Deal with the sin in your life and how you're treating other people. Because God doesn't deal with how, what's going on outside of you. He's dealing with what's going on on the inside of us. What he cares about. He's looking on the heart of who you are. Amen. Amen. So number two, God's accusations, according to verses 2 and 5 of Isaiah 58. He says in verse 2, yes. Daily they seem to seek me, pretending that they delight to know my ways, as though they were a nation that does what is right and had not rejected the law of God. They asked me to show them the right way, acting as though they are eager to be close to me. This is, this is not me. This is the word of God. <laughs> I, wanted, I want you to, I looked up some statistics talking about his accusations and talking about what he's saying when people pretend to or seem like they want to know him, but then Pastor Gregory, as he was saying, continue on in ways that are contrary to victory in him, but are doomed to destruction. In America, we've decided to put partisan over participation in Christ. When I say partisan, this year, the church has been divided over a political party. And it broke my heart to see it. In America, this is the 2018 statistic. The average person spends $564 a year in alcohol. That's if they drank six drinks a month. It's three times as much if they go to a restaurant. The average year, the, in the average, in 2018, the average American spent $2,263 on nicotine. The average American spent, in 2018, $10,950 on painkillers. In 2018, $16.9 billion went towards pornography. Billion. Billion. This is according, you can Google it. This is according to the American Addiction Centers and the Bureau of Labor Statistics. But yet, in America that same year, the average giving in churches, synagogues, and temples was $884, which broke down to $17 a week. I thank God Linked Up Church is not among that group. In America in 2018, 55% of Americans prayed daily. 55% of Americans prayed daily in America uh, in the 20, 2018 statistic. But the number one and number two prayers, people who were praying, were Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons. Not Muslims, not Evangelicals, not Catholics, not Protestants, but Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons. So this is according to the Institute for Family Studies, so you can fact check it. So when we just look at verse 2, when he says they appear to be doing what's right, but they continued to do what they wanted to do, oftentimes we can get so caught up in the fast participation 
that we don't take the measures of what God is saying to us to be corrective in our behavior. Verse 3, the first part of verse 3, it says, when we continue reading, we see that all this is just for show, just what I was saying. He says, they say, why is it that when we fasted, you did not see it? We starved ourselves and you didn't seem to notice. Because in that time, people were making a big, uh, big to-do about the formalities of fasting. What are you fasting? Are you giving, no, girl, I'm giving up bread. I'm giving up sugar. I'm getting so caught up in the formalities of fasting instead of what is God saying and how have I adjusted in my fast? These were the dangers that God was warning about. He was saying re, they were replacing the knowledge of God with the relationship with God. It doesn't pay to, to, to quote and not have a relationship with him. They were practicing moral living in place of loving God. Your morality does not equal loving God. They were observing forms of religion but not having a heart of conversion. They were having church membership instead of, they were concentrating on church membership instead of being an in Christ membership or an in God membership in the uh, Isaiah 58 days. That's good. That's good. They were more occupied with social issues than spiritual issues. They wanted God to be impressed with what they were doing. You cannot impress God. That's right, that's right. They wanted God to say, they, they were basically saying, look God, I'm doing all this for you. And God says, I've done so much more for you. So God's response is this. Because on the day you fasted, you were seeking only your desires, and you continue to exploit your workers. During your fast, you quarrel and fight with others and strike them with an angry fist. When you fast like that, your voice will not be heard on high. Do you think I'm impressed with that kind of fast? Is it just a day to starve your bodies, make, other things you're, make others think you're humble, and lie down in sackcloth and ashes? Do you call that a fast? Do you think I, Yahweh, will be pleased with that? See, when we're still in strife, when we're fasting and we're still in strife with one another, whether it's our parents, our siblings, our cousins, our relatives, our neighbor, our spouses, our kids. Co-workers. Co-workers. When we continue in strife, but yet you're going to say, I'm fasting, girl, and you continue with attitudes, when we're continuing to be in discord with others, God is not pleased with that, nor is he impressed with what you're sacrificing. The accusation from God comes in three parts. A, they do as they please on their fast day. Even though they're giving up something, they were still doing as they pleased. They're going through the motions. They don't, and they didn't view their fasting as an opportunity to seek God, to correct the inside, instead of being so focused on what they're doing on the outside. So they were just not eating, but acting the same old way. Exactly, exactly. B, but I mean, but let me continue that first part in A. We wrote here, they're oppressing the same people that they would normally uh, oppress, but they're in the temple every time the door is opened. B, they make life harder for their workers. In the temple, they're worshiping, they're leaving their offerings, and they're making sure everyone knows that they're fasting, but when they go to work, they still make life miserable for those that, they are, that, that are around them. Give yourself a hug online. Hug yourself. Say, Pastor Gregory and Pastor Trish. Pastor Gregory and Pastor Trish. Love me so much. Love me so much. That they do not want me. That they do not want me. Void of the truth. Void of the truth. 
Amen. And I just insert something right here. I remember the first fast I was a part of with the church. And we put out a list. I won't say the church, but we put out a list of what we were giving up for the fast. And they spent more time trying to figure out what they could do instead of drawing closer to God. Mm. So we put sugar on there, right? So th these were the kind of questions that would come in. But he didn't say stevia. <laughs> he didn't say, and they made it more about that than drawing closer to God. And it was a circus. It was a joke, which is why we shift to design your own fast. Right? Because everyone is at different levels. Here's the point. If you just eat and don't eat and you don't pursue God, that's called dieting. The purpose of fasting is so that you can pursue God with the time that you would have spent eating. But not just save the money in the shopping, but then you delve out your resources right. to help those that are in need. That's right. Which we're gonna That's how you let your that. light so shine. We'll talk about that next week. We're going to do a lot of that. Yes. So during Isaiah's time in the temple in Jerusalem, there was standing room only. The, the temple was packed out. No one missed the service. They sang, they worshiped, they prayed, and they did all these things, but they did not let the worship trouble their conscience. They kept their distance from God just enough so they can keep on doing what they wanted to do and disturb God's children. They did not want to make connections between their worship and their neighbors, and they ignored the poor and everyone else they wanted to ignore. Well, they and sang that, the song, but they didn't let the song get in their heart. Exactly. They weren't true worshipers, which is why you see in the New Testament that he loved those that worship him in spirit and in truth. Because they were true demonstrators of singing great songs, playing wonderful instruments. But the worship wasn't in their heart where it caused conversion for them to be compassionate towards those around them. Mm. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. I, I, well, no, I'm not going to read that. Let me keep on going. See, they think they deserve to be heard. Just because we're fasting and just because these people were fasting, they thought that God heard them at a greater level. Your fast does not turn up the volume in God's ears. <laughs> Our fasting does not turn up the volume in God's ears. Let's compare it with that with what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 6, he says, verse 7 in the Passion, when you pray, there's no need to repeat empty phrases praying like those who don't know God for they expect God to hear them because of their many words God is not impressed with how many words we can recite to him and how often we say father 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 he's impressed with what we say to him and our humility to be more like him God hears us every time we speak and instead of thinking that when we speak, we're turning up the volume, when we're speaking and fasting, we're turning up the volume in God's ears. No, we should be turning up the volume in our ears to be spiritually discerning. That's so good. That's so good. The but accusation. Th th think, think about it. If you're in the presence of a king, should you do more speaking or more listening? You know, this prayer for us is turned into more talking than listening. And all God is saying is, what I have to say to you is more important than what you have to say to me. Oh, I need a little better amen than that. That's all God is saying. What I have to say to you is way more important than what you have to say to me. Because before you even say it to me, I already know what you have need of before you ask. 
So if you'll listen to what I have to say to you and take the corrective measures, how I many know it's going to release all the stuff that you're believing in for? That's right. So God's accusation against his people, mind you, he was talking to his people, which he called a nation, which he called a nation. He's saying to them that they have a problem with entitlement. How familiar does that sound today? I go to church, I tithe, I give, I serve, I fasted, I gave up food, Which is, I stopped this, I stopped that. Where's my husband? Where's my wife? Where's my job? Where's my supernatural debt cancellation? How come they got it before I did and they just got here to the church? I mean, you know, all of that is self-entitlement. And folks, I'm telling you, God is calling Linked Up Church higher. <laughs> How many of y'all are ready to go? Amen. This will be a church that is really not about us. Right. It's about the people that God's called us to serve. That's right. So his accusations against his people is clear. But so are his instructions. He didn't leave them there and point out what's wrong. He builds them up by letting them know, hey, if you just do this, then this will happen. And that's how we'll follow up on next week. Amen. All right, music department, if you can just kind of come and prepare yourselves. It feels a little heavy in here right now. Let's lift people. our hands to the Father. That's right. I trust that people are reflecting. Searching their hearts. Searching their hearts. Right? We're talking about how to prepare yourself for the fast. So before we talk about food and what I'm not eating, let's talk about sin. Let's talk about how we're treating each other. Let's talk about relationships that we want to see restored. Heart issues. Heart issues. Believe it or not, folks, I, I want a better relationship with my son. So for 21 days, I'm going to pursue God on how to have a better relationship with my son. That's the most important thing to me in the world right now. Not money, not job, not career, a better relationship with my son. It's the most important thing in the world to me in this moment. And the areas of my life that I know God is not pleased with. And folks, we all have them. Raise your hand if you have areas of your life. Come on online. Raise your hand if you know you have areas that God is not pleased with. So as we go into this fast, let's address those areas. Let's address the relationships. News department, can you all just come and sing something right here that will just kind of fit and, and, and lead us into some level of worship before the Father? Would you all stand to your feet out there right now? and Let's just fit a, spend a few minutes in worship. Use that time to search your heart. Use that time to think about the areas of your life that you're going to put on the altar during this fast. Think about a relationship that's near and dear to you that's not right right now. You're going to use this fast to restore that relationship. Make it more about seeking God's face than you seeking his hand during these 21 days. Or, you know, what I would add to that, some relationships just need to, you just need to be at peace with what it is. That's good. You can't always restore it because I don't know the condition of the other person, but God can deal with your heart so that you can be at peace with all men. That's good. Especially those that are in a household of faith. That's good. So from our end, we can do 
as much as we can to live at peace with all people, as much as we can. How they respond to that is on them. It's on them. Come on, let's just take a moment and prepare our hearts. If the altar's where you need us, take me there, take me there. If what you need is just an offering, it's right here, my life is here, and I'll be a living sacrifice for you. You're a fire, the refiner, I want to be consumed, I'm willing to be tried by pure. You take whatever you
Let's just worship right worship Hallelujah. him right there. Lord, Hallelujah. here's our life. Yes. We offer our lives to you as a sacrifice, Father. Yes. We offer our hearts to you in obedience and worship, Father. We know that you want our hearts more than you want anything else. You want all of us. And so we worship you and we give you that today. Would you all repeat these words after me? I'm reminded of Psalms 139. Repeat these words after me if you're watching online right now, wherever you're watching from. Just lift both hands up towards heaven and say, Father God, Father God, search my heart, search my heart, and know my ways. Know my ways. If there be any wicked way in me, if there be any wicked way in me, lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me in the way everlasting. Father God. Father God, let the words of my mouth, let the words of my mouth, and the meditation of my heart, and the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in thy sight. Be acceptable in thy sight. My Lord, my Lord, my strength, my strength, and my redeemer, and my redeemer. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Go ahead and thank God for that right now. Just go ahead and thank God for that right now. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. If you're watching online, I believe your heart is ready right now. If you're in this room right now, I know your heart is ready right now. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ through God, or you don't have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, His Son, I want to invite you today to become a part of the greatest family ever known to man, and that is called the family of God. You will not regret this decision. Secondarily, if you're here in the building or you're watching online and you're that person that you were just habitually caught up in something, remember God never left you. It was what you did that caused you to be separated from Him. And because what you did separated you from Him, it's your repentance that brings you back to Him. Yes. And so if you want to repent today, if you want to come back to Christ, get your life back right with Him, I want to pray with and for you today. So I'm giving two invitations. One is to have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's called being born again. And second is rededicating or coming back to Christ or repenting and getting your life back right with God. So I want everyone in the room, everyone watching online, to just put one hand over your heart. Put your right hand over your heart and repeat these words after me. Say, Father God, Father God I repent. And I thank you that all my sins are forgiven. My desire is to have a personal relationship with you through your son, Jesus Christ. So I confess with my mouth 
I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. As a result of that confession, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we just give God glory, honor, and praise? Come on, we can do better than that. I believe people all over the airwaves, and I believe God touched someone's heart in this room. I want to address the people that are watching online right now. If you believe you prayed that prayer sincerely from your heart, you believe that, you know that, it would do heaven so much joy. It would do God's heart so much joy. It would do my wife and I. It would do our heart so much joy as well. If you would take the next step by texting, get connected to 94090. If you believe you just gave your life to Christ or you rededicated or you repented and came back to Christ, text get connected to 94090. We have a ministerial team that's going to follow up with you. We got a gift that we have a gift that we want to get into your hand. We can only get that gift to you if you follow those instructions by texting, get connected to 94090. I promise you, you will not regret it. Do it now. God loves you and we love you too. Thank you so much for watching our online service. We certainly don't take that for granted. And if you enjoyed today's message and you want to get connected with us, we encourage you to become a part of our online community. That's right, and you can do that by subscribing to our YouTube channel, sharing this video with a friend, and following us on social media. Don't forget to meet us right here on this channel every Sunday for our services. If you desire to help us reach more people just like yourself and advance the kingdom of God, then click the Give button now. This will allow us to connect more people to God, their families, their purpose, and their communities. Thank you again for watching our service on today, and we'll, we'll see, see you next week. week.